Welcome to Wingtorn. This is a story of a young man with an oath to avenge his parents, a young woman hiding secrets in her blood, and the intertwining fates of three on a mission to prevent all-out war between humans and the Fae. Because what fell before will rise again. This is a fantasy serial podcast. Written and performed by Claire C. Marshall. Book 3, Arrest. Chapter 3, Riona. Fingal had warned her about Drohoven. He'd never said why they had taken pains to avoid the settlement. She'd have remembered specifics if they were mentioned. The Fae had perfect memories, a trait she'd inherited from her mother, though after spending half an hour within city limits, Riona had a few choice guesses. She remembered listening against closed doors to her mother's strategists, who had told Queen Catriona to forget about the southern half of the continent. The capital was the thing the Fay Queen desired most, and she had it, so why did she care about some backwater human settlements? Riona had never been able to catch a complete session, as her mother always knew when she was near and would send attendants and guards to distract her. What Riona knew about traveling the continent of Drazanian from her time with Fingal was, when given the choice between sleeping in an inn or a forest, they chose the forest every time. Unless it had been necessary to enter a settlement, they had existed on society's fringes running from the Imperials and the Fey Militia and anyone who was not sympathetic to her and Finkel's cause. She sifted through the memories of her earliest years as she sat trapped in a booth at the Tenley Coaching House and Inn, squished in against the window beside Connor and across from an already flushed, excitable Olivan. The two of them just had to bring her to this Fey-hating place and act like they were doing her a favor. She had not spoken a word to Olivan since they'd gone upstairs to settle into the room. Although cozy for the three of them, Yvonne Tenley had made no fewer than three attempts to upsell them to a second room, Riona's initial sense of dread had been dulled at the sight of a large bed. Their sleep in the forest had been fitful, fear of being ambushed by bandits, the fae, or the Imperials had hung over them as thick as the boughs on the trees. But they couldn't stay. They had to keep moving. Finally, after an eternity of waiting, a woman who looked near identical to Yvonne Tenley appeared from the door on the other side of the dining room. Yvonne's sister, Selin, wore her dark blonde hair in a top knot, neatly covered by a vibrantly colored kerchief. Although her clothing was not as eye-catching as her sister's, her apron was clean and she wore loose-fitting trousers and a sleeveless shirt. Not uncommon for a chef, 
though uncommon that she would present herself in her kitchen attire before the guests, especially in a fine establishment like this. Not many people on staff here, Riona realized. Selen was larger than her sister and more sullen as she approached the table, likely as she had thousands of times for other travelers. As her bored gaze passed over Riona, Riona felt the familiar sense of reevaluation and hesitation at her facial features, gifts from her mother. I'm Selen, she told them quickly. The chef. Tonight, my special is soup, a roasted duck with crab apple sauce and fig pudding. I can also make any dish within reason, as long as I have the ingredients. And I only have ingredients that are in season, save for what little we keep cured. She smiled dryly. Riona's fingers grazed the serrated knife at her place setting absently, and she remembered the many, many meals she had taken with her mother at the castle. Even Selin's rhetoric was familiar and strangely comforting. She cleared her throat. I'll have a... What kind of soups are available for your special? Olivan interrupted, holding up a finger to Riona. Her grip tightened on the knife, and beside Riona, Connor stiffened. She heard him mutter under his breath about the cost. There is only duck soup, Selen replied shortly, with greens. That sounds great, I'll, uh, I'll have the special, Olivan said, smiling at both of them like he'd just done them a favor. Riona's lip curled. Throw the knife! Throw it, throw it, throw it, throw it, throw it, throw it, throw it. No, she said shortly, as a splinter from the table drove into her nail and brought her back to the present. A loaf of bread, a bowl of fruit, and if you have a host cheese, that will suffice for me and for them. There was no sense in throwing their airjid around on food when they still had to secure horses and other supplies for their long journey ahead. Do you prepare and sell rations here as well? Before Selin could answer, Olivan cut in loudly. Really? You're ordering rations and bread when we're in the Tenley Coaching House and Inn with a master chef? What is wrong with you? We'll all have the chef special. He grinned at Selin, who had been taken aback by his outburst, but dutifully wrote down the order anyway. Olivan continued oozing his charm. I'm uh, sorry about our aisle cousin here. She's sensitive. Riona slammed the hilt of the serrated knife into the table with a thud. Connor flinched. She narrowed her gaze at an astonished Olivan. The boy And I'm sorry about him. His predisposition for rudeness has led him to believe that he can speak for me, which he will never do again, Riona said icily. Olivan's smile faded as he fumbled with his niceties. Connor took the opportunity to salvage what he could of their fragile pretense of a presence. We'll all have the chef's special, to keep it simple. He met her gaze at that. She slowly exhaled her disapproval so it would not explode in a magical hot rage. Keeping it simple was not an excuse.
Reduce the meat portion of mine, please. Selin Tenley had the look of a person who was about to tell Riona that she didn't make substitutions, though she seemed to think better of it, and nodded. Very well, I'll be back. Riona watched the chef dutifully leave with their orders through the door at the far side of the room. It appeared to open to a narrow hallway, another potential escape route. I'm so hungry, Oliven said, rubbing his face and staring out the windows. The downpour had abated to a light shower, though the sky was dark and thick with clouds. We should take advantage of this, eat as much as we can. Riona glared at him and said nothing. You know, Connor said tentatively, making furtive glances at Riona to melt the silence. When the uh, settlers came to Drohoven, they discovered the area was overrun with this species of duck they named the Drova Whitebeak. That duck is in everything. There's this dish. Um, I wish I remembered the name, but uh, the settlers began experimenting with different ways to cook the duck. This dish became famous in the region. I bet that's the duck she's referring to in the soup. I uh, really wish I could remember the dish. Oh, yeah, let's have that too. Maybe we can ask for it, Oliven said, swiveling around towards the door where Selin Tenley had disappeared. Riona's stomach growled. Their last real meal had been at the Dunma residence. They'd foraged in Stovall's wood, just enough to get by. Impossible to admit with Oliven present, but she was ravenous, and her mouth watered at Connor's rambling description. We don't want to overindulge, Connor said quickly, again looking to Riona for her approval and input. The duck became a critical food source for the early settlers. They used every part of... Connor droned on, and although she appreciated his knowledge and support, she just wanted to get this meal over with. This was supposed to be her mission. Keep Connor, and now, to her dismay, Oliven, out of trouble. Had it not been for the rain, they would have found a regular stable, bought or taken a couple of horses, and been on their way. Not become trapped in a human town, surrounded by needless extravagance. Mother would like it here. Had she seen it with her own eyes, she would have taken it easily. She shook her head, throwing away the thought. Connor had been reciting and rambling about more local history, but clammed up when Yvonne Tenley popped out of her office and approached the three of them, far cheerier and more welcoming now that she had been paid. "'I've sent word to Russ that he may be expecting customers,' she said effusively, eyeing the three of them. I can also send someone over to pick up any order you place with the tailor. They can also send someone to take your measurements here. That's very kind, thank you, Riona said directly. The innkeeper beamed at Riona, but she didn't leave. Of course, and once you're fed and watered, I'll send you to the stables to procure horses, or a carriage, perhaps? Well, I, I think horses will be fine, Connor said, just as Oliven bellowed, A carriage! Yes, let's get one! So much better for traveling! 
Both Riona and Connor shot him a disparaging look that he missed, as Yvonne Tenley laughed heartily at Olivan's enthusiasm. If you're headed for the capital, regular horseback travel would be dreadful. No, carriage is the only way to go. But in the meantime, while you're here... She gestured to a closed wall cabinet above a long table booth beside the fireplace. If you enjoy dice, we have several sets and cards. Just let me know and I'd be happy to fetch them for you. If you require an opponent for dice, I'm also quite good. There's usually a game going on in the evening. Thank you, Riona said again, more emphatically in a tone that suggested goodbye. Tenley, instead of taking the hint, took the opportunity to scrutinize Riona's features once more. They say that the islanders have a drop of fey blood in them, that there was mixing there long before first contact. Her words lifted as if this was a serious question that demanded an informed answer, as if Riona hadn't heard this thinly veiled accusation thousands of times before. Two things are true. The islanders are an exceptionally beautiful people, and the mainlanders disguise their jealousy of islanders in many ways, Riona said with her most polite smile, rounding it off with a low chuckle that Tenley shared good-naturedly, even if it didn't alleviate the other questions lurking within the innkeeper. But Connor would not let it rest. She saw him racking his mental library for an academic answer to the non-question. You don't need to. Riona began, though it was too late. Connor pressed a pointed finger into the table, catching Tenley's attention completely. Islanders and mainlander scholars say there is some archaeological evidence to support the idea that first contact between the Fae and the Three Sisters wasn't the real first contact, that it may have happened earlier with the Mahmorag clan on the draw-titched isle. The clans were likely too rigid to allow a... uh... He looked to Riona, red-faced, as if now he had realized he'd gone overboard with the unneeded explanation. Tenley didn't care. She was already spouting her own history lesson. I'm a direct descendant of the second sister, did you know? She beamed. Most people in Drohoven can trace their lineage back to the noble families, and some, like me, to the sister wives themselves. Oh, yes, we're open, come on in. The innkeeper ran off to seat a couple, mercifully, though her sister promptly appeared from the kitchen with a covered tray. She placed it with ease on the table and revealed three large bowls of thick green soup, the first course of three. White beak duck soup infused with chopped greens, local herbs, and the barest touch of garlic and onion, she told them. Riona inclined her head. Her early training in manners at the castle returned with ease. Thank you. Olivan waved his thanks and immediately dug in, slurping up the liquid and loudly proclaiming his satisfaction. Connor stared at his steaming bowl as if the Tenley sister had presented him with a ladleful of the marsh itself. He raised his eyebrows at Riona, and she realized he'd never likely eaten at a place like this before. 
There were only two spoons at each setting. It would likely not matter what he chose. This was a coaching house, not her mother's royal court, or the human court, for that matter. Sighing, she picked up the silver soup spoon and, in a delicate but exaggerated way, pooled the green liquid and brought it to her lips. The flavor erupted in her mouth, unusually sweet, with a strong, earthy undertone. Each ingredient transported her to a specific moment in the past, the greens to an outdoor meal with her mother and three other fay women on the castle terrace the spices to a market she and Fingal had slipped through to avoid imperial forces, where they'd spent an inordinate amount of time sampling cured meats flavored with flowery herbs and fresh dill as the guards passed them by. She chewed the bits of ground-up duck meat and was reminded again of Fingal instructing her on the finer points of skinning an animal in the early morning. And then, a new flavor the sweet one she didn't recognize. She had to smile, a new experience, and Fingal was not here to help her put a name to it. There's something in here I don't, she said to Connor, though the question died in her mouth as she noted the concern painted in his features. He held the spoon, untouched, above the soup. His worry bubbled beneath the surface, almost as palatable as the smells emanating from the meal. What is it? She felt him organizing the library in his head, sorting, awkwardly shuffling through the vast amounts of information, unorganized and half-remembered. You know, he said slowly, returning the spoon to the table, on second thought, maybe we should just... Yvonne Tenley returned to the table. How is it? Divine, right? I love it, Olivan said, nearly wiping his mouth on the back of his hand before remembering his napkin tucked into his tunic. His bowl was half empty. Sheepishly, he said mostly to Riona, Sorry I don't take forever on a single spoonful. I told you I was hungry. I'm not judging you, she retorted testily and resented the quickness with which he ate, the disconnection and blurred experience a human must feel with every bite, each meal with their hazy memories. This place was now eternal within her, and any future meals with these flavors would be born again in her mouth. Connor's smile didn't reach his eyes as he dipped the spoon into the soup and gave it the barest sip. It's good, thanks. What's in it? Riona asked, suddenly. She gave the soup another spoonful and felt emboldened as the hot liquid slid down her throat, quelling her hunger. The unusual sweetness coated her tongue and pleasantly lingered, as did Henley. This didn't upset Riona as it had before. Well, the usual ingredients, our local duck, greens, but for the full recipe for white-beak duck soup, now that is a story. Tenley began. The soup acted as Riona's cozy shield as the innkeeper launched into a history lesson, mainly for Connor, who listened with careful, 
rapt attention. Even before the war, Drohoven prospered. High-ranking Imperials could settle here and enjoy the luxuries of a peaceful, tranquil land. Compared to the cramped, frantic life in the capital, Drohoven was poised to become the place to settle in the continent. Then came the war. Fey air raids and stories of settlements and cities being invaded and razed. The brigade and their disrupted, disorganized assaults. Imperial guards dying horribly all over the continent and on the archipelagos. Our families here in Drohoven, with our lush, fertile lands, academic and aristocratic lifestyles, we weren't going to give up our land that easily. The imperial forces here were stretched thin, so the Drohoven residents resorted to trickery use their crafty skills to be well crafty ever heard of the phrase nothing like violent hospitality connor's eyes darted between riona and the soup he was trying to tell her something and even the spirit mother seemed uneasy beneath her he nodded at tenley i know where you're going with this but well i don't know Olivan exclaimed. He'd finished his bowl and pushed it gently aside, gesturing to Connor's bowl. Are you going to... Riona went for another spoonful, feeling content and warm, and surprised she too had nearly devoured half while listening to the history lesson, when Connor ungracefully pushed her saucer and the soup towards Olivan, violently sloshing some over the side. Oh, sorry, I thought you were finished with yours, Connor said pointedly to Riona. No, I wasn't. She wet her lips. All she could taste was this delicious sweetness. The more she tried to swallow away the taste, the drier her mouth became. She pulled back the bowl, swatting away Olivan's attempt to take some for himself. Sorry, she muttered to Tenley, remembering her manners once more. The innkeeper chuckled. Like I said, our food is famous for its quality and unique taste. So when the Fey armies came to our lands? Oh, sure, they were welcome in Drohoven, so long as they dined with us, and we fed them well added a little something to make their meals more palatable. Now, it's tradition to add just a little bit of white death to every meal. You're listening to Wingtorn. Today's episode is brought to you by The Violet Fox, a young adult fantasy novel by Claire C. Marshall. If you enjoy Cinderella stories with castle intrigue, magic, and a little bit of romance, visit thevioletfoxseries.com to read the first three chapters now. That's thevioletfoxseries.com. And now, Wingtorn continues.
Feeling more uncomfortable by the moment, Riona went in for more soup to remedy the strange itch crawling up the back of her throat, but was distracted. Connor's spoon clanged on the edge of the bowl and toppled onto the table, splattering Olivin and Riona with tiny droplets of the illicit meal. Hey! Olivin shouted, flicking his napkin towards Connor. Riona cleared her throat louder as she glanced out the window and took in the other guests in the inn. They were happily enjoying their meals without causing trouble. Unconsciously, her fingers dug into her sternum. The itch grew stronger, her hands heavy. Just have to pick up the spoon. Connor's hand brushed hers, and she felt his fear his regret. He had known the history, tried to explain, but he hadn't known everything, and she had asked him nothing. Riona felt her airway constrict and her face heated as she tried not to cough over Tenley. White death, as we call it, is an extract from the adrenal glands in the drove of white beaks in the Meinecker's Marsh, Tenley explained. Once we figured out it was severely poisonous to the Fae, well, it became our secret weapon. We put it in everything. When the Fae invaders came, we didn't greet them with hostility. We gave them our hospitality. We whined and dined them. And so the night passed, and they spent it thrashing about in their tents, believing they had indulged just a little too much in the pleasures Drohoven had to offer. All the while, we, who had also indulged, slept soundly, all thanks to our bountiful, plentiful, white death. But the Fae didn't die, did they? Even Olivin seemed concerned as he considered Riona for the first time. She wobbled as she stood. She had to get out of there. Well... It was war, Tenley said with a shrug and a cold laugh, and placed a steadying hand on Riona as she tried to shimmy out of the booth. You all right there? You seem a bit flushed. Don't worry, it won't hurt you. Islanders eat here all the time and they're fine. Riona wiped her pale lips indelicately. Her coughing grew more urgent. It, excuse me a moment. She whipped around. The stairs, the room, privacy. She tugged at the strings of her cloak, willing herself to go just one more step, one more. Tenley continued, her voice ringing in Riona's ears over all else. Shouldn't hurt a fay either, in theory. There's just enough in there to, you know, remind them that we won. listening to Wingtorn. This episode was written, performed, and produced by the author, Claire C. Marshall. The Wingtorn theme music was composed by Cloud Road Music, and additional music is by Irene Chan. For sponsorship or advertising inquiries, or to learn more about my books, 
please visit wingtorn.com.